RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, market that we saw some some higher numbers when we look at the grain complex of things that are happening. The oil, though, had an interesting down downward trek a little bit. It was mixed, though, when you look at the livestock side. No surprise that feeders would go into the red. The fact that we did have some higher corn numbers. We're going to take a look at what's happening in this market, what the influences are as we wrap up a Thursday trade. And Joe Coima joins us today. He's with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So I love when we, before we even started this program, you made the comment about how long we have been waiting for the futures to react on the cattle side. And, and it's finally here. We get a little bit of reaction. What are your thoughts? And it's tied back to this cattle market. Yeah, yeah, good question there. Thanks for having me on uh, this afternoon. But yeah, like you, like you said, it's, it's this anticipation of a cattle futures market finally doing, um, what we thought it could do. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had that big um, slide due from the funds liquidating uh, quite a few positions, and they're actually flirting uh, with going on the short side. That's why we had uh, such a sideways trek there uh, in the futures market for a couple of weeks, and we all know, you know what the fundamentals are. We were just waiting for the futures to kind of kick off. This um, This cash market was slowly building uh, momentum and the futures uh, just sat there so i wouldn't call it a it was it was a frustrating kind of a, a marketplace to endure there for a while because it's the same stuff out of our mouth every day that cash is a little bit better or show us or small uh, yada 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 all that stuff and this week we finally you know had a number uh, that december futures got through and i, I think that kind of forced the funds to kind of reposition or just kind of rethink their strategy of, of why they're um, flirting with the short side of it there. So we finally uh, got that reaction this week and we got a better cash uh, market uh, with that, especially here in the north. There's some uh, cash trade uh, that continues uh, to develop. Uh, major here uh, in the north is uh, buying some uh, cattle for $1.52 and the south is a little bit better too uh, at some uh, one forty eight. So all uh, great things. Uh, there was a cash market, and this week we just you know, finally got the, the futures market to respond accordingly. Well, Joe, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday during the cattle call with Brad, and, and you brought it up as well. I mean, this cash-driven market, but shouldn't it be the opposite? Typically, it is uh, the other way. At least that's how I was, I was kind of taught you know, how to anticipate moves uh, in the marketplace. You know, Every Monday morning, we would come in here and try to figure out, all right, what's the next move? Well, the futures are just kind of lagging there, so it's a little bit, uh, just a different approach. I wouldn't call it necessarily frustrating. It's just a different approach that we kind of have to evolve to, uh, evolve, or evolve to here in a certain manner. That this market almost just wants clarification or just a stamp uh, of approval that it can justify where it's at. So you just have to evolve just a little bit there. Uh, trust the fundamentals because uh, they certainly uh, are in the camp of the producer here. Uh, finally. Is the cash going to really kind of wait? I mean, we've, we've got some offers of 147 in the south and then 235 to 236 in the north. But are they just going to say, well, we're going to wait till after 2 o'clock's cattle on feed report on Friday to, to make any real moves? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it feels like there's definitely a need or a hunt uh, to get cattle underneath uh, the, the Packers belt here. Uh, just a little bit. This demand is, is certainly booming. Um, they're definitely chasing uh, that choice product as well. So 
even before this on feed report uh, this uh, tomorrow afternoon, there's still need you know to have uh, some hanging on the shackle. Um, as, as far as if we can, you know, the producer, can we build on this cash market? I, I certainly think uh, that we can. Uh, the show lists are small uh, relative for this time of year, uh, especially. So you know, usually with these big nicer cash moves the next week the show lists are a little bit bigger because everybody wants to you know kind of a piece of that pie but if we look into next week um the show lists just don't grow uh at all so it's definitely a numbers game uh, moving forward and this is you know honestly this is the time frame you know through this whole cattle cycle which there's probably not enough time to go into that but we're coming out of numbers or we're we're have numbers now but we're not going into numbers we're, we're coming out and going into tighter numbers moving forward um, it's just impossible to find a, the amount of numbers with the amount of uh, female slaughter that we've had in the last two years looking at the hogs nice to see a rally like they had today it's a very it's a good warm feeling that we can have this nine to ten rally uh, ten dollar rally uh, the last few days, especially, uh, given that that big slappy pattern that we had a few weeks ago, um, these are some nice hedgeable numbers that I think a producer should honestly be looking at real hard, especially uh, for Feb uh, and for April uh, time frame. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the December futures are going to do here up front. We're we're still looking at some smaller numbers uh, that we've had the whole year, so we're kind of on the tail end of that in the last few weeks there's been some noticeable uh, talk about exports um, China kind of being the main talk uh, we did see the export numbers come out really good uh, this morning China was the third on the list that so we had Mexico and Japan uh, that were the lead buyers of it which is great uh, but I think the market maybe set back a little bit because we didn't see China as the number one buyer um, I think cash is decent here uh, for a little while, but like I said, I'm more worried about Feb and April. A couple months ago, all of a sudden, production just boomed. There's plenty of isolines to go around, so a lot of the hog barns around here are full for the first time in about two years, actually. So when we come back, I want to talk more about this as we look at the, uh, the months of Feb and April and, and any worrisomes we should have when it comes to the markets. We'll also, when we come back, take a look at what's been happening in influence of the grain perspective. And we'll talk a little bit more about what we're seeing export-wise from a meat perspective. Again, just a reminder, Catalan Feed Report comes out tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. More is coming up. It's the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stories. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Joe Koima. He's with Koima, Koima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So we left off, you were talking about the, the ISO weans and the barns filling up. Uh, let's look at that. Worrisome, is there, and should we be worried about the Feb-April time frame for these hogs? I, I really do think so, um, and I'm not really saying that we're going to see a production number that we had 
you know, say four or five years ago. Um, but the last couple of years, uh, being in the hog business, you know, to try to fill up your hog barn, uh, whether it's a 1200 or 2400, it was tough. Uh, to come across open market ice weans or open market feeders, you had to call three or four different hog brokers just to try to find uh, some numbers. Um, but a couple months ago, it went from trying to call three or four brokers to find pigs to people calling you to try to find a place for pigs. So that's how quickly um, some of this production uh, ran up. You know, and instead of getting getting eleven hundred for a twelve hundred barn, you're getting twelve fifty or thirteen twenty. So it's a night and day difference uh, when we look at that. So the production to me is going to be greater uh, that Feb and April time frame, and having April especially above ninety two uh, cents out there, I think that's a great spot to start doing some hedging out there. And, and talking, too, about the export data that's coming in, you see it as pretty helpful right now for hogs. It, it, it's what we what we needed, especially with that big slip that we had a couple weeks ago. Because uh, even back then, I was a little bit worried about that production number, and all of a sudden the market broke $8, $10, $12. You're like, oh, crunch, what is the guy supposed to do now? And then we you know, get a, you know, open a window and, and you know, get a, a little bit of wind change with our exports, which have been lagging. You know, it's still... They were in good pace, but you just didn't have that extra effort. Uh, and, and now we finally see it the last couple of weeks. Um, and sometimes we'll get that right before uh, a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. Our exports kind of pick up uh, just a little bit. So sometimes you do have to, you know, put the bit in your mouth and say, "I'm going to sell into good news," because uh, it's probably not always going to be that way for an extended period of time. Over to the live, or excuse me, over to the grain side of everything. We did see. Uh, soybeans, obviously, in the meal, especially leading the way with some higher numbers. They're talking strong export opportunities, some new sales, which is nice to hear because it seems like we've been kind of pigeonholed between either feast or famine when it comes to export opportunities. Yep, yeah, it was a good number to see uh, on the soybeans uh, this morning. And the last couple of days, we've seen some 8 o'clock sales or even into, into last week. So it's good to see some positive signs uh, when we... All we hear about is, you know, the dry river system and barges uh, not moving. So I think the soybeans really needed to have that rejuvenation. Um, Chart-wise, we're kind of right on a a, a downtrend line. kind of depends on how thick your pencil is. So technically, we're making that picture uh, look a little bit better uh, as well. Um, You know, the the corn market, the numbers continue to be a little bit strugglesome. Um, We just don't have that extra punch uh, that our exports are moving, and that's kind of how the market feels as well. We get December corn to that $7 mark, and there's just no follow-through. And, and that's just because we're missing that extra piece of demand um, that needs to be in place for us to go up and through uh, $7. So it's not like we're in the middle of June here and we got hot, dry forecasts and we can you know jump through it. We, we're just kind of capped out uh, this time of year. Uh, and the same can be said on the bottom side of corn, uh, the extreme lows are like 665, but we got down to the low 670s the last two sessions. You're going to find some buying power, uh, some bidding power down there because we look at our, our ending stock number at 1.1. 1. 1, um, that's definitely more snug than what we've had here the last five, six, seven, eight years. So it's hard to say that this market is ready just to, to wash out. It's just the wrong time of year uh, for that to happen. So how long do you think corn is going to be sticking in this range? Well, that's a great question. Um, if we if we kind of look at the last couple of years, we've had a different 
approach to grains. They've, they've shot higher because we had you know, inflation-type talk, um, a great demand story uh, as well. Um, you don't have some of that this time of year, so you almost have to stretch your neck back and go three or four or five years back and then just look at those charts when we get into the colder season um, past harvest. That market does tend just to go sideways. You know, we can look at South America for, you know, which way we want to go. But, yeah, they got big acres uh, down there, but they also are dry as well. So those two stories just kind of mesh and kind of negate everything. So I'm beginning to wonder if this market is just kind of flat sideways. You know, don't buy 30-cent rallies. Don't sell 30-cent rallies. Uh, just know that we're in a range for the, the time being anyway. Well, lots of great things that we talked about today, Joe. What's some of the best ways for folks to get a hold of you guys there? I think the best way here is just give a call and, and talk to myself, Brad, or Scott. Um, we can chit-chat with you pretty good. Uh, that number is 1-800-358-3047. All right. Thanks so much, Joe, for joining us today. Thank you. That's been Joe Coima. And just as we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that might not be suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio.